Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. If you're watching on TV or on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Appreciate it. But also, you probably, likely, certainly see an empty radio studio. Well, that's okay. That's because I'm on my way to Dallas, Texas, to go to Frisco, Texas, to check out the 2021 FCS National Championship game featuring the Montana State Bobcats as well as the North Dakota State Bison. MSU into the title game for the first time in 37 years. NDSU gunning for their ninth title in the last 10 years. Missed your thing in the first hour of Nuanas now? So all we've been talking about is this exact football game. We heard from Brent Vegan, head coach for the Montana State Bobcats, first-year head coach for MSU. He's done an incredible job navigating the ship and getting MSU to this point. His decision to go with Tommy Malott following a 29-10 loss to Montana in Missoula. One of the craziest and most uh, courageous coaching decisions I've seen. And here, Tommy Malott, the true freshman, has led MSU to the title game for the first time in almost four decades. We heard from Brett Vegan. We also heard from Matt Entz, the head coach for North Dakota State. He was the D.C. there for five years under Chris Kleiman and took over before the 2019 season. And uh, he's going in for his sec- second national championship in a row in terms of fall seasons. They did not win that 2020-2021 spring 
championship. But Matt Entz, he's one for one already in fall national championships. We heard from North Coast State's head coach, and then we heard from a couple of the key players and uh, most likable and famous guys on the Montana State Bobcats. First, Troy Anderson. Second, Tommy Malott. And a pleasure hearing from those guys. You can find everything from today's first hour and always anything from Nuanas Now that you might have missed or want to listen to again on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. Please go rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. The podcast numbers were awesome in the uh, year of 2021, and we appreciate everybody who downloads it and shares it and uh, spreads it around and listens to it and all that. You want to be a part of this show? You can call us or text us anytime, 888 That's 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. I'm very happy to say that we're bringing uh, a great number of our guys from Skyline Sports down to Texas. Uh, happy to have everybody on board. Also appreciate Andrew Houghton, our producer, and also a writer at Skyline, producer at ESPN Missoula, and a writer at, at Skyline Sports for Man in the ship back in Missoula and getting this show on the air and also covering that Montana-Montana State basketball game Sunday afternoon in Bozeman. We'll get this thing kicked off in hour number two here with Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, our photographer and one of our go-to Big Sky Conference insiders. Here's Brooks and my conversation from earlier this week. Well, sometimes making a daily radio show and a bi-weekly podcast and having a bunch of cross collaborations and cross promotions is fun it's always fun but sometimes it's like doing a puzzle it's a big sky breakdown as well as new is now we're gonna be playing these in both different areas we are on our way to dallas texas to make it to frisco texas but we're not really fully solidified on what day we're leaving or what the shows are going to entail all you need to know is we're going to have nuanas now every day of the first week of january and we're going to have multiple big sky breakdowns for you leading up to the fcs national championship game between montana state and north dakota state so regardless of what we're recording this for, we're sitting here on a Tuesday, and I'm with Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, my business partner and uh, the guy that we've been doing this together with for quite some time. And so, Brooks, we're going to start right there. We're less than a week away from the national championship, and the national championship game includes the Montana State Bobcats. And uh, the existence of the Bobcats in the hierarchy of the Montana sports world is so fascinating because you and I both have believed in the potential of what the Montana State football program could become. And already was at a, at a high level when we first launched Skyline Sports and first started doing this together. Yet, even though we harbor national championship expectations for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies every year, and we think that the expectation should be to be at least in the contention for, if not at this exact point, it still seems wild to me that Montana State plays North Dakota State for the national championship game on Saturday. It's crazy. Yeah, of course it's wild. I mean... We have those high expectations, but they have not been realized for the better part of, you know, a decade and a half. I mean, it's been a long time. And um, a lot of times those expectations, I think, Coulter, right, they they reside on the reason or the purpose that Montana and Montana State get to play home games in the state of Montana, which is just such a huge advantage in the FCS. So in my head, it's always that you have seven wins, you know? You just get, you get to start the season with seven wins. It's a really good place to be. 
and then you hope you can win, th- you know, half of them on the road, and then you have ten wins, and then you play in the playoffs the entire way home. In the semifinals, you beat a good team like South Dakota State in front of you know the most impressive crowd in Bobcat Stadium history, and, and that's just how it works, right? And that's that's how the function of the systems in place work. That's not always the case, right? I mean, this is a high level Division One football, so uh, it doesn't always get to play out like that. But that's kind of where those expectations come from. But nonetheless, it is it is crazy um, that Montana State has, has has continued to climb and get better under different coaches and, and different different regimes different styles different quarterbacks at the end of the day you know we always talk about the man the myth the legend they have a guy like troy anderson so you always hope that he can end his career or you always think that it'll probably end up somewhere on the mountaintop whether it's at the very top or not uh, it's going to be up there so those kind of things definitely play in but crazy nonetheless to say that montana state is playing for a national championship game especially after a season of opting out having a bunch of sixth year seniors roll over you know you, you could add all of the spices to this pot that you want but it doesn't it's not going to make it much better than it already is one of the there's been a couple of common questions that I've gotten during this break, and I think that it's been at the same time fascinating and kind of excruciating to have to have this break because you're in football mode and 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 make no mistake, it was it was wonderful being with the family and friends over the holidays and, and spending Christmas with your kids and and you know multiple generations of our family and and that 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 stuff's awesome, man. That's what life's all about. Always super fun, but you know the break was also you know sort of this this absence of of the thrill that we get from covering football games but it's also cause for a lot of commentary a lot of conversation and and I think that the two biggest questions I've been asked over the last couple weeks the the number one question I've been asked by people around the state of Montana is does Montana State have a chance my answer is that resoundingly hell yes Montana State has a chance they already beat the defending national champion in Huntsville Texas oh by the way Sam Houston has never lost a playoff home game Who's beat North Dakota State five times? North Dakota State's got 12 losses since 2011. Five of them are to who? South Dakota State. Who'd Montana State just beat? And like you just said, the Bobcats got Troy Anderson. Nobody else does. The Bobcats also have several other guys I think will be among, if not the most talented players in this game. So from an individual talent perspective and a momentum perspective and just like the the, the notion of a team of destiny perspective, all those things, Montana State absolutely has a chance in this football game. They absolutely have a chance for sure. I, I, I would, you know, I'm not betting that. Well, I am. I'm gonna sprinkle it everywhere. I'm gonna sprinkle it all over the table. I'm gonna roulette this thing, right? Go there. There's Montana sports bet all over. All 36 chips are gonna be laid down there. But regardless, Montana State has what I like to call more a puncher's chance. You know, I think that the fact that they can hang in there if a couple things go right. You know, I said it against the South Dakota State game for Montana State that if they if they win, if they control the time of possession, I think they have a chance in any game. A big part of Montana State's success will come from their stars, which is a really cool way to watch football, especially for people who don't know tons about the X's and O's. It's so funny that every coach in the country says, well, the way we're going to win this thing is win the turnover battle and have a special teams, outstanding special teams play. Montana State doesn't even play special teams for some reason. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's for whatever reason, they don't return kicks and they just smother people on kickoffs and they just then go out and play. It's not even like a really part of their identity, which for a team with scrappers and walk-ons, it, I don't know how it's not, but it's really not they don't have a special teams coach maybe that's part of it but those kind of things aren't going to necessarily play as much well they don't even have guys that there's only a couple like upstart guys on the special teams units like when they line up for an opening kickoff that's one of the biggest flexes that anybody in the country has because Jeffrey Manning and Trey Webb and Daniel Hardy and 
Ty Okada and Callahan O'Reilly and I mean I'm naming Montana State's starting defense that's the kick coverage unit it's not like the upstart walk-on from Glasgow or whatever like RJ Fitzgerald is like the only kind of like underdog guy on the whole special teams kick coverage and punt coverage units oh by the way though he's like a multiple time state champion slash one of the toughest guys on the team and definitely like one of the enforcers on the team and like hard to say he's an underdog when he's definitely one of the toughest toughest dudes they got on their squad so it is it's it's fascinating and and that's the thing I think that in Montana so much of the narrative around the Montana schools has always been steeped in the underdog mentality and the guys that go from walk-ons to all-Americans and then make it to the NFL and and pretty much to a man there hasn't really been any guys that were like prodigies in high school that then were stars all through college and then made it to the NFL. Almost every dude from Montana or Montana State made it from the from you know the bottom to the top, started as a partial scholarship or a walk-on guy, and then ended up developing all the way to get drafted. So we love that part of the narrative, and we we cling to that part of the narrative. I think the hardest part for, for the observers to understand about Montana State, and it's why I've been sitting here pounding the table since the end of the 2019 season, I got destroyed at the Big Sky kickoff because in the media poll for the Big Sky Conference, there's 38 voting media members. Montana State got one first place vote. Who was that from? Us, Skyline Sports. Why did I pick the Bobcats to win the league? They got more better players than everybody else. That's it. They have more superior talent than everybody else. It's the most talented team that we've ever covered. And so, uh, you know, and that's not to take away from any of the other elements of this, the continuity, the execution, the discipline, all that stuff. But to answer my own question, well, you got Troy Anderson there. And oh, by the way, you got Chase Benson. And oh, by the way, you got Daniel Hardy. And oh, by the way, you got Amandre Williams and Sebastian Valdez and Ty Okada and Lewis Kidd and Tara Tuyasasopo and Isaiah Afonso and Lance McCutcheon. I just named nine dudes who are first-team All-American caliber players. Very few programs, period, North Dakota State included, have that level of talent. A ton of talent across the board, I mean, as you said, Colter. And we'll see how the, you know we'll see how uh, Tommy Touchdown can play. You know, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a huge element of it, and a lot of that momentum they've been rolling with is is, is due to the quarterback play. And got a young kid, somehow a freshman. Even though I, everyone says he's a freshman, he's been there for three years. I, mean, I, <laughs> I don't know how that exactly works. I get that there's math involved, which I'm not going to do on the on the air here. But here nor there, a lot of it will fall down on if if Tommy. Malak can be productive. Um, if Tommy Malak can hit some of the deep shots that he's hit consistently, I have this little narrative in my head, Coulter, that it's been really funny to 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 play out. It's almost like a it's like a, a mental block. I have this issue where I see someone like Lance McCutcheon, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him. He was like a pretty okay walk on from from Montana. You know, he maybe got a little money, never played three four years in the program. I, I don't probably think he's going to make it, and then has the best se- statistical season in Montana State history at wide receiver. And every time I see him, I'm still like, oh yeah yeah, Lance McCutcheon, I know him. I have to remember that on film and in the national landscape, he's one of the you know probably top ten receivers in the country. Um, those kind of things like play out when there's that familiarity. Sometimes uh, you have to remember that that people elevate and people get so much better, especially through a, a season like this where practice and momentum plays such a big part into it. And clearly coach vegan has the practice schedule down because this team has continued to get better, which is always a sign of a good team. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been really interesting and, and cool to watch. Uh, you know, I think the beginning at the top was did the Montana state Bobcats have a chance. I think they do. Nuana is now ESPN radio. Big sky breakdown skyline sports. We'll cross promotion. We're going to use these in both different areas because we're talking about one subject. So might as well give you the best of the best. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on both entities. I'm Coulter Nuanas. It's uh, the first week of January. It's FCS National Championship Game Week. Uh, Brooks, the other thing that's so interesting to me is that North Dakota State has basically had a standing vacation in Frisco, Texas for a decade. You and I went down there to cover NDSU 
at the 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 end of the the last iteration of NDSU before Matt Entz took over, and we watched Easton Stick and Robbie Grimsley and Jabril Cox and Darius Shepard, and arguably the greatest version of NDSU over this tenure run, beat Eastern Washington in the national championship. Well, among the most fascinating parts of what we saw while we were down in Texas last time was all the exterior, the tailgate scene that exists for NDSU. We were staying at a hotel right right across the street from the stadium, and we met this whole crew of North Dakota State people, like 50 of them. And in North Coast, you know, North Dakota people are very much like Montana people. Hey, how you doing? They say hi to their neighbors, whatever. And these people were like, they saw you carrying your camera equipment. And they're like, oh, you guys covering the game? Yeah. So we talked to him a little bit, talked to him about Skyline Sports and told him about, you know, covering the big sky or whatever. But you asked him, you said, what, uh, do you guys always stay at this hotel? And they said, oh yeah, we already got our reservations booked for next year. Like it's fully expected. Like people just know that they're going to be going back to Frisco. And that's part of the reason that the, the tickets surrounding this event have been such a fiasco. Because so many of the tickets got sold months before this game ever happened. Because the NDSU people knew, either one, we're going back to Frisco. Or two, if by chance that doesn't happen, we can just sell them to whatever fan base is trying to buy them and we'll make money. But either way, that phenomenon is like completely unique, right? The fact that like the tailgating travels, like not only has the program been there before and a lot of the players have been there before, but the whole entire organization, like they take the Fargo Dome and just move it 2,000 miles to the south for the first weekend of January every single year. That's wild. And I think it's a huge dynamic in this game because like you said, Montana State has been riding it, playing in front of uh, their home crowd and, and, and really excelling at home, going undefeated at home this year. But now... It's going to be the opposite. Both teams make a huge trek across the country, but one squad is going to have a whole bunch of support while they're down there in Texas. It is crazy to walk up and down the North Dakota State tailgates. It is There's hundreds of RVs. Um, there's people in the most amazing outfits. There's drinking involved. You know, North, <laughs> North Dakotans like to say hello to their neighbor as well as drink, a lot like Montanans. One thing that I think is a misnomer, Colter, and, and I don't want to make this a sweeping statement because uh, North Dakota State's presence at the game, at the venue, is so massive. Within the stadium, it's not much more than a 50-50 split. It's a 60-40 kind of split because of the way that they relegate tickets to schools to sell. The NCAA just doesn't give North Dakota State 90% of the tickets. It's not how it works. The opposing team gets an allotment of tickets, and if they don't sell them all, then they obviously go to North Dakota State fans or into the open market. But in in theory, like when you look, there's sections, right? There's not going to be like just a smattering of you're not going to be a Bobcat fan and go sit next to a bunch of North Dakota State people. There's se- it's sectioned out, and like when we went and watched Eastern North Dakota State, I would say the north end zone, the south end zone, and the west side were all North Dakota State fans. The entire east side was all Eastern Washington fans. More or less, there's going to be a good presence of Montana State fans. I've had multiple people text me, say, hey, are you going to Frisco? I say, yeah, I'll be down there. They say, me too. I'm leaving Friday. I'm like, this guy's going? If this guy's going, who else is going? My, my, one of my managers at, at, a, at a company I work for outside of this told me that he paid 450 bucks a ticket and that him and his girlfriend are going. And I was like, you're going to that game? So I think it's really important to remember that while the presence and the tailgating, the momentum and the support is huge, within the game, it's relatively loud for both teams. I'm not going to lie. We've seen it. Stand up and cheer. We got the Vim. There will be a lot of people down there from Montana State side of things, no question about it. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Doubling up your Nuanas now. 
Also, Big Sky Breakdowns, CollinsportsMT.com. Appreciate you being with us throughout this season. It's been an awesome season uh, for a variety of different reasons. So I really appreciate everybody riding along with us. Uh, Brooks, let's talk about the other uh, question I've gotten throughout the last several weeks. Not only did the number one question was, the Montana State have a chance? Number two question, which we've already dissected a lot on the show, so we won't necessarily go down that rabbit hole too much, but was uh, th- just the three-week break and the advantages and disadvantages of that. Uh, for Montana State, you can get some guys back, but also can you carry the momentum? For NDSU, that's three weeks to prepare for a guy like Tommy Malott. And also, they have the formula down because they've been in this situation so often. The other prevalent question I've gotten is, where does this story rank among the craziest stories or the most unlikely stories or just the richest, most uh, poignant stories that have have happened in Montana? And I think it's right up there, particularly in my career, but even in my life. But uh, I'll leave it open for you. Where does this story rank? It has to be at least among already the great stories in Montana history. Yeah, the Butte thing plays into it a lot, you know, with time a lot. You've talked about this already, Coulter, about the, you know, the interest and in kind of the rise and fall of both Montana schools throughout their years of, um, you know, when, when things are good, Butte's usually involved in it. And that's a really cool part of, of, in the fabric of football in the state of Montana. So with that being the case in, in this, in this game as well, or in this journey, the last, four or five months, especially the last month for the Montana State Bobcats. It certainly is, is quite a story. You know, the freshman from Butte, uh, you know, riding his white horse into the great state of Texas to take on, you know, the greatest the greatest college football dynasty of all time. Yeah, it, it's up there. You put me on the spot. So, you know, thinking and ranking them. I mean, I have a lot of uh, of, of great... Like, I'll give you some of the nominees. So, the, the Lady Grizz team that's so... Uh unforgettable because they all on the poster the team poster they're all wearing their montana letter jackets because every single person on the team was from montana except for one young lady and they went to the sweet 16 that's a pretty epic story in in the the landscape of montana sports that's like early 90s grizz winning the 95 national championship uh, has got to be up there Uh, and and those are kind of the only two that really are comparable in my lifetime Um, i think that you could say maybe todd foster the great falls native who who climbed his way up to become the middleweight champion of the world in boxing is, is definitely one of the best stories of the last 40 years. I mean, Scott Manch from the Great Falls Tribune said that that was his number one sports moment uh, of of the, the century, so to speak, of his sports writing career when he came on the ESPN Roundtable a little while back. And, uh, you know, then you, you got like Eric Burgess winning a gold medal, come from Missoula. But, you know, I mean, to bookend it with Jim Sweeney leading the Bobcats into the Big Sky era as a coach from Butte and the statue that sits out front of Bobcat Stadium is of Sonny Holland. And the only other guy that's ever going to have a statue next to Coach Holland is Troy Anderson. And he touches the Sonny Holland statue before he walks into the stadium every single day. And then the guy who's finally helping Troy Anderson fulfill his potential is a kid from Butte, Montana. And then you wrap in a pandemic and the Grizz Slayer bailing before the season and the dude who's going to lead you to the promised land being a disciple from Goliath's backyard. And then the team that you might topple is the undefeated dynasty. I think it's the greatest story of the modern era in Montana sports history if Montana State wins the game on Saturday. I think that's fair, especially if you put it in the modern time. I mean, it's it's going to be right up there. There's some really cool NFL stories, Colter, that we talk about quite a bit. Uh, the Jerry Kramer, Pat Donovan stories are, are quite outrageous. You know, I, I mean, the freshman on the white horse riding down to Texas to play in the, in the FCS National Championship game, I get it. Like, Jerry Kramer was winning multiple Super Bowls for the most storied franchise in the NFL history. You know, like, that kind of stuff is really impressive. I always like to think back on on the the, the the folk tales and the lore of Wayne Estes and the stories that I heard about growing up as a kid. I mean, they're really impressive stories. In the modern era, 
for what these programs have been kind of battling through it and where they're at now. And it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to argue. Um, you know, I, being a Big Sky, uh, Missoula Big Sky High School graduate, I'm always a, a Larry Kristoviak fan as well. And he had quite a run um, through his time in the NBA as well as a coach. But for a one season, one story, one breath, it's probably pretty hard to beat. You're right. There are so many great rich stories. I mean, Bill Kohler being drafted as the number one overall pick in the American Football League draft by the Chicago Fire and them trying to to basically um, hide him in a hotel room for days so that the NFL guys couldn't get a hold of him. And then he still becomes a first-round draft pick in the NFL, the first ever from the big sky, and still to this day one of only two. That's unbelievable. You know, Shane Collins being a three-time NCAA champion in the shot put and having a chance to go to the Olympics, but instead becoming a second-round draft pick for Joe Gibbs, Washington Redskins team, and then winning a Super Bowl as a rookie. Unbelievable. The fact that they built a 30,000-seat boxing arena in Shelby, Montana, to host a heavyweight championship fight. That, I said this on the show on Monday, I don't care what story ever happens in Montana again. The fact that oil barons from the East Coast wanted to make Shelby, Montana the Tulsa of the High Line, and they built a 30,000-seat arena to host the preeminent sporting event on the earth at the time, and then the fact that that sporting event went so poorly that they lost so much money that they basically sacrificed the entire financial future of the entire region of the Montana Highline. That's the single craziest story in the history of Montana sports. There's never going to be a crazier one than that one. But but I'm just talking, just the, just the, the feel-good nature of it, but also just the crazy confluence of events, right? Like Ryan Davis, one of our favorite guys, we know his family really well, he said, like, if, you, if you're talking about the spirits talking to you the way that they came together in this moment it's it's unexplainable it's almost as if it is destiny yeah the way that it's that it's really broken down is you couldn't have said it better i mean it's it's quite the onion to peel to peel and and take apart I, when i think back on the stories too there was a time gosh Colter, it had to be 2008 where a bunch of lowly uh high school kids at missoula big sky took down brock Osweiler and the flathead braves but that's here nor there there's some great stories within uh, the fabric of montana sports and this definitely has to be one of them i mean hell once upon a time i blocked jeff edwards shot at the butte civic center is one of my only two block shots in my entire varsity career jeff edwards is 610 greatest moment of my basketball life i'm 61 <laughs> regardless so it is it's awesome it's super fun and and we, we've talked so much about the ins and outs of all of this and and the matchups and, and all of that but uh, uh just any last thoughts on on this national championship game before it, it commences i mean i guess I'll, I'll give you the the hypothetical that i've given everyone all week not really in the business of making one side or the other predictions this time of year in these scenarios so i'll give you this north dakota state wins if and montana state wins if what say you well montana state wins if time a lot is is the is the superhero that he's been i don't think it can be anything less i don't think time a lot can carry the ball 11 times and you know not throw it all that well and then have a chance. I think Ty Mallott's going to carry the ball 30 times and he's going to throw it all over the place. And I think it's going to be on Ty Mallott's shoulders, which is so much to say for a kid in his position to have to bear. But I think that really is going to be the case. You know, Montana State has to play well across the board, but that that's going to be the defining factor. And North Dakota State, it, I don't think there is a defining factor. I think I think if North Dakota State gets out early and often, like they have been on every single team they've ever played in Frisco, I mean, they just smother teams to start. And then usually teams find their groove and can actually kind of hang a little bit. But if North Dakota State gets a fast start and gets up by more than a, than a score, you know, 10, 10 to 14 points, I think that they'll ride and cruise to a victory no matter how, uh, you know, the middle of the game goes. So fast start for North Dakota State and, and time a lot the man. Nuanas now, double time. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on ESPN Radio. 
Can't wait to make our way to Frisco, Texas. We'll have full coverage for you here on Nuanas Now on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. SkylineSportsMT.com all the way across the board. Going to be an outstanding weekend. Going to be a fun football game, and it's been a phenomenal football season. So thanks to everybody for riding with us. And uh, Brooks, thanks so much for being here today on Nuanas Now. I mean, the time traveling that we all do, somehow we're playing a, a one season in a different year. I don't know how it always works, but th- this is the way that it, it, it's structured. And here we go, 2021, living in 2022. So you go, Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com. Doubling up the Nuanez now here on Nuanez now. Appreciate Brooks for being a part of all of our football coverage throughout this fall, uh, both from a photography and editing perspective and also by contributing at least once a week here on this show and on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. He's the best, knows football better than anybody I know. He's taught me so much about football, so I always love having him on the show. Talking about a guy who's seen a lot of football, Dan Davies, Associate Athletic Director for the Montana State Bobcats. He played for the 76 National Championship team at MSU. He coached for the 1984 National Championship team at MSU. He's been in athletic administration for almost 40 years and also Worked as a color commentator and sideline reporter for the Bobcat radio broadcasts for a great number of years as well. Dan Davies joins us next here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. For four years running, Colter Nuanas and the team at ESPN Missoula have captured the E.B. Craney Award for Radio Sports Coverage of the Year. Each Wednesday on Nuanas Now, the featured long-form interview of the week takes center stage. Tune in to Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula or SWX Montana Television to hear the Montana Radio Sportscaster of the Year conduct an in-depth interview with prominent sports figures from around Montana. The ESPN Roundtable during the 5 o'clock hour each Wednesday on Nuanas Now is proudly presented by Paradise Falls. Well, he's the guy that uh, uh, he knows where all the bodies are buried for sure. I know that much. Um, he's the guy that if you played in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, you're going to go and find Dan Davies. You know, and he's going to be the guy that uh, shoots me a text or calls me and say, hey, you know, here's a player from this year. He'd love to come up and stop in the building. And so he's that conduit for all our players going back a long ways. And um, I know for me, you know, from the time I got the job, um, he's been a real source of, um, you know, information, certainly uh, of, of positivity, um, of encouragement. I mean, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, I know he's re- retired now, but he's, I'm, I know he's still going to be around. He's certainly going to be on the sideline down on the ace. So, um, you know, Dan means a lot to this program um, over the long haul, and he certainly means a lot to me just in the short term here. That's Brent Vegan's thoughts on the man we'll hear from next. And that's funny, you know, you, you, you tread lightly when you're talking about, you know, where the bodies are hidden. It's a, it's a phrase, people. Don't be offended. There's no bodies actually hitting in Montana State. This means that Dan Davies has been around forever. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. If you don't see me in the studio, it's because I'm not there. We are on our way to Frisco, Texas for the FCS National Championship game featuring Montana State against North Dakota State. Montana State went to the national title game two times in eight years back in the mid-1970s and 1980s. The Cats won in 1976 under Sonny Holland and in 1984 under Dave Arnold. Dan Davies played on that 76 national championship team and he coached on the 1984 National Championship team. He has worked as an athletic administrator and radio commentator in Bozeman for the better part of the last 40 years, and he just recently retired. So congratulations to Dan, a very kind and smart man who has taught us an incredible amount 
about Bobcat football in general and has been a great source of knowledge for me throughout my career. Caught up with Dan as he was making his way back. His last work trip happens to be the first national championship game appearance for the Bobcats in 37 years. Dan Davies, Montana State Associate Athletic Director here on ESPN Radio. Well, happy now to welcome in a guy who's been a part of Montana State Athletics for close to five decades. Dan Davies, Associate AD there at Montana State, a guy who's filled a ton of roles and has joined us on the show before to talk some of the historical elements of Montana State as a whole, as well as the Montana State football team. Dan, first and foremost, congratulations on your pending retirement. And also very cool for you that your last little work trip, it happens to be to Frisco, Texas. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Coulter. 50 years, and it's not quite 50, and I know you, that's what you said, but that makes me sound real old. But, yeah, it's been a great run here at Montana State, and uh, it's uh, something I'll cherish forever. Well, no question, and it's it's been so awesome to, to follow and to learn from you, and I think that one of the best parts about MSU is, is just the history that exists there and how many – different iterations of building and maintaining tradition that has happened. But uh, way back when, in the 1970s, when Sonny Holland was roaming the sidelines and the Bobcats were the king of the Big Sky Conference crop, that was such a, an awesome moment in time. And you were playing for the Bobcats back then. So what do you remember about those times? I mean, what do you remember just about uh, sort of in the mid-70s when, when so many different elements went into Montana State having such great success, including a couple of Big Sky championships and the 1976 National Championship? Yeah, Coulter, I, I was so fortunate, so lucky uh, to be recruited as a walk-on by Sonny Lubick at the time, an assistant coach, and then, of course, the legendary Sonny Holland. Um, I spent most of my time uh, on, the, on, the, on the practice squad, or the we used to call it the meat squad, the scout squad, prepping our defense. So I wasn't in the offensive huddle very often with the, with the offensive stars. I, I was lined up against the defensive guys on the scout team, but... It was it was a great time to to be a, a Bobcat and be a, around all those great great coaches and all those great players, and it's something you know that I'll always cherish. And you know, so many of those guys are still really really good friends of mine that uh, have stayed close, and it's been uh, a very uh, a special part part of my life to be in, involved in that. Everybody that's from around the state of Montana uh, has always anyway, we all have great pride in in the state in general, but there's also just this special aura about certain parts of the state. The High Line, I know where you're from, is, is definitely one that has some aura to it, but Butte, Montana has more of an aura than, than maybe anywhere else in Montana. And the fact that so many of those historical roots at Montana State can be traced back to Butte, whether you're talking about Jim Sweeney or, like you mentioned, Sonny Lubick, who was an assistant for Sonny Holland before taking over for Coach Holland. Um, I mean, there's so many different ties to the Butte area, and I think that it's it's so fitting and so cool that now Montana State has this quarterback from the Mining City, Tommy Malott, who gets a chance to touch the statue of Sonny Holland before every single home game at Bobcat Stadium. And I think that there's it's just a sort of a connection from the past and the present and the future. So what do you think of that, Elma, just the, the, the fact that so much of Montana State's history is steeped in the Mining City? Oh, that I mean, Colter, that is so cool. Uh, th- that connection that goes all the way back, and you know, you know it's it, you kind of get emotional with you know Tommy Malott. You know how how important being from Butte is for him, and 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 being the the quarterback at Montana State. But I don't want to go back too far. But 
when I, I landed on campus in 1975, uh, Sonny Lubick was about the only person I really knew very well. So we're at the dorm in Hedges South, and he goes, I'm going to get get you a roommate here. He puts me in with Pat Bolton, and you know, an All-American, All-Big Conference kicker from Butte. And right next door was Bert Markovich and Kenny Verlanik from Anaconda. So those guys – put their arm around me and, and, and embrace me and welcome me to that part of it. I was always scared of Butte guys growing up. You heard all the stories and they played on the ranchy field, which was, you know, full of dirt and glass and, you know, mud and uh, all, all that lore that you hear about. And then of course you got Paul Dennehy and, and actually I saw Paul in the airport here this morning earlier today. And, uh, because he was on, he was talking about you know Tommy touchdown Tommy and so forth and I said Paul the only thing the only difference me other than you guys you went to Butte Central and he went to Butte High is that he doesn't talk like he's from Butte from the standpoint of you can understand him better so we had a good laugh about that this morning and and also I heard Paul himself talk about that Tommy throws it better than him so uh, we we have that so uh, that we had that discussion this morning but. You're right that 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 Butte lore goes way back, and uh, it's so rich in history. It's so awesome. I was talking to Paul Dennehy yesterday as well, and that's another part of it that makes it so so much like this uh, this confluence of events, right? In 1976, Paul Dennehy was the quarterback from Butte, and so you know the ties just run so deep, and it is so fun to just think about all the connections and the stories and everything. And and as our mutual good friend Bill Laberty, sports information director there at Montana State, always says, Butte tells their story better than anybody. And I think that that's why the legend of Butte has resonated so much. Dan Davies joining us here on Nuanas Now. Dan has filled so many roles at Montana State over the years, from playing to coaching to working at athletic administration and also chipping in on the radio broadcast in a variety of roles as well. And so, Dan, from that perspective, I know you've been working on the sideline uh, this past season this specific Bobcat team, what do you think of some of the dynamics of it? Because it's it's an incredibly veteran and senior-laden team, but also these guys, this is a special group. I mean, they have an elevated level of maturity, and they're so fun to talk to. But from your seat, just observing these guys firsthand like you have now for 14 and going on 15 games, what have you thought of just the dynamic of this team? Well, as you know, because you've done this sideline gig uh, in the past, when I was up in the booth doing color, you did that many times, so – you're, you're around the sideline there, and you can get the vibe and the feel of how things are going. And the thing that has impressed me this year more than in past years is how calm things are. Now, they get excited, and they jump around and stuff, but there's never a, a panic-type situation that I've, that I've sensed now, being down amongst those uh, in the sideline in that team box area. Um, and, you know, that starts with the coaches. And Coach Vegan is uh, such a – I mean, he's he's excitable, but uh, he doesn't get overhyped and he doesn't get underhyped. And I think the the players really feed off that calmness and steadiness that he's got on the sideline, and that feeds on down to the coaches, uh, assistant coaches as well. On that, you know, from my perspective, just as somebody analyzing this stuff on ESPN Radio, I think that one thing that I've learned so much from this season is, you know, being around Jeff Choate for for four seasons and, and about five years. He's such an inspiring guy. He's such an intense guy. I mean, I don't think he has anything but just, you know, fifth gear, 80 miles per hour all the time. Choate's always, you know, full of energy and, and coming at you full of fire. And uh, he had a distinct way of, of 
instilling that in his players. And when Montana State won under Jeff Choate, it was in that distinct fashion, just uh, you know, kind of a backyard brawl. And, and they were always so tough, and, and they won with such great enthusiasm. But I think what Brent Vegan has put on display and reinforced to me is that sometimes a steady hand is a key to success, and it seems like uh, that has paid so many dividends. I also think that the two young coordinators that Brett Vegan brought in, Taylor Housewright on offense and Freddie Banks on defense, those guys are incredibly talented guys, and I think that they have bright, bright futures in, in the coaching world. But just sort of the the dichotomy between a team that used to win with with you know fire and brimstone and, and choke getting everybody ready to run through a wall – and then parlaying into these guys sort of having this steady hand at the helm, I, I actually think it, it couldn't have gone any better. It's almost like that this is a perfect fit. It's almost like this is what these guys needed. Yeah, and you're, you hit, you're spot on, Coulter, with that, uh, that same observation that um, there's – I was talking to an old coach that is really good friends with Coach Vegan back in North Dakota, Hank Biggio, used to be the head coach at Dickinson and a, a veteran guy that I've known a long time, and he's friends with their family and so forth. But I, we were talking to that the first-time head coach. There is no textbook. You can't read a book and say, this is how you be a head coach for the first time. And it's such a, a feel-out feel process. I mean, you not only have to manage the team, you've got to manage assistant coaches and coordinators for the first time. And that is very uh, a, a unique skill that, Coach Vegan has mastered in uh, with his first time as a head coach, and and you need a few breaks here and there, and there's a there, that that's happened this year, but they've had some adversity too, and they've been able to get through that. But uh, I've always am- uh, admired first time head coaches and, and observed on how they manage their program, and you hear about Nick Saban talking about the process and all that stuff. That's part of it, but man, the first time that you're sitting in that chair. Uh, it's it's a different deal, and you're, you almost feel like you're on an island because you have to to manage each and every aspect of that program, and it, and that's where your your key assistant coaches come in and uh, provide guidance and support for you. And uh, you're right, going back to Taylor and and, and Freddie, uh, they've been a great su- support role for Coach Vegan, and uh, it's it's fit in beautifully thus far. Dan Davies, Associate Athletic Director for Montana State, as well as longtime radio broadcaster covering Bobcat football, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Dan's actually at the Bozeman Airport getting ready to, to board the plane to go to Texas. And, uh, Dan, I want to ask you about some of the parallels because you know, we talked about the Butte roots, but for so long, the playoff format at the, the non-Division 1A level – was so awesome because oftentimes the team that was playing the best, the team that was the hottest team, had a chance to make a run and do it. And I know that that was certainly the case in in 1984 when Montana State caught lightning in a bottle and raced to the national championship. But we've seen it across this level for so long. And the only reason it hasn't been as prevalent of a narrative this last 10 years is because North Dakota State basically just sets up winter camp in Frisco, Texas and just has dominated this thing for the last 10 years. But before that, it was almost always – the team that was the hottest had just as good of a chance as the team that was the favorite. And uh, this Bobcat team now has an opportunity to reignite that narrative. But uh, you had a firsthand view of the 1976 Bobcats and the 1984 Bobcats. Do you see any parallels? Is there any similarities between these teams, even though they are, you know, decades apart? Well, there's two things I think, um, Coulter, from the standpoint is that, uh, 
there's a, a common thread of, you know, leadership kids from Montana that uh, have, have kind of taken on the leadership role. And that happened in, obviously in 76, but it, it certainly did with the Mark Fellows and, um, you know, the Tex Sikoras and uh, Lonnie Birch, T Troy Timmer, uh, just on the defensive line alone and Kirk Timmer there. And, and uh, th those guys that uh, kind of led, led the defense and, and, you know, Tommy, Tommy White's not from Montana, but I kind of claim him as a Montana guy, but, you know, Joe Bignell and uh, Brent Bateman and Kelly Davis, and you know, Darren Dietrich was another one of those receivers there, but he was from Washington, but there's just a, you know, a, a good uh, smattering of Montana guys that have played against each other in their high school careers. And now they're playing alongside each other. So uh, I, I think that's a common thread. And then with this, you know, 2021 team, there's the same kind of element there that, uh, those guys really uh, unite together and play for each other, and and I think that's really really a cool uh, common thread that goes through all three years. The other interesting thing I thought in back in in 1976, you know, the Bobcats knocked off Hawaii at Hawaii at the last game of the year, you know, at a Division One opponent to propel them into a, a good seed. The same thing happened in 1984 when knocked off Jim Sweeney's uh, squad down in Fresno and uh, got to buy that first round and got to host two, two first round uh, games in the playoffs. So uh, th those are kind of some common things that, that I've observed to this point. And as always, anytime you have a successful team, even a team with a winning record, let alone a team with a championship or a team that makes a playoff run, it's going to take great talent, but it's also going to take great leadership. And, I think that this group of Bobcat guys, particularly the seniors that have been around for, for longer than almost any group in school history, they deserve a ton of credit for keeping this thing together uh, as we've had such a, a tumultuous time just as a, a – as a, uh, I guess as, a, as, as people in general on the planet Earth, let, let alone just in America or even in Montana or even as college athletes. But one guy who has been peerless in that element and just being the face of Bobcat football – uh, quite literally since the day he stepped onto campus uh, out of Dillon, Montana, is Troy Anderson. And so, Dan, I know you've seen a lot of Bobcats, uh, but it's it's got to be a surreal experience to know that Saturday is the last time any of us is going to watch Troy Anderson in a Bobcat uniform. That's going to be a sad day, isn't it, Colter? <laughs> it's going to be so sad. I was thinking yeah, that I, after the, the yeah. South Dakota State game. I said to Troy, I said, I truly can't believe this is the last time you're going to be sitting up here, so I can't imagine how you feel. I was like, I'm truly sad that you're not going to be sitting here at a post-game <laughs> press conference ever again. It's wild. Yeah. No, you're, they're, they're, our, those guys don't come around very often, and God, we're, the Bobcats, we're so fortunate to ha have him involved in our program. He leads in so many ways, um, from the, you know, the, just starting with the academic type side side of things, but Colter, I mean, you never have you ever seen you know MVPs on both sides of the ball type situation? You know? I mean, never. Uh, One of the great moments in the of this what? show this year is Casey Keeler, Sam Houston's head coach, was on with us leading up to the quarterfinal game, and and he said, "Hey, I remember you. You've covered Montana State for a while." I said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "You know, I've covered him for about ten years now," and he says, "You got to tell me the story of number 15. He said, "I know the the cliff notes, but you got to tell me." The actual story. So I start telling him live on the radio, and, and he's like, "I've never heard anything like that." I, I mean, I don't think anybody has. No, it's it's a, a story that won't be rewritten. I don't maybe ever. 
Um, we, we've witnessed history here, and uh, you know, I hope I hope we get another guy like that at some point. But it's uh, it, it's remarkable when you sit down and just see what he's done, you know, for this program and the sacrifices he's uh, has given up for for the Bobcats. But when, as you know, with being on the sideline, it, the, the game speeds up down there for someone to just watch it, and you got to keep your head on a swivel so you don't get hurt. But you see him close in on guys; you, they think they've They've got the angle, and it's uh, they have to think think again because he's going to be breathing down their neck before they know it, and they don't even realize it till it's too late. It's incredible. It's incredible to watch every element about him. Dan Davies, Montana State Associate Athletic Director, joining us here on Nuanas now, talking some memories. And Dan, last couple things for you. First, what do you think of this matchup? Because Montana State has cap momentum. Uh, as much as any team I've ever covered, and watching them just surge in the playoffs with this awesome freshman leading the way at quarterback and just how much it seems that the, the older guys on the team just love Tommy a lot and they're so glad that he's a part of this this run. Uh, that element's been so fun and fascinating to, to cover and observe. But on the other side now, you got Goliath. You got the Gladiator. You got the Juggernaut. One of the great dynasties in all of college football history awaiting Montana State. But it also seems fitting that perhaps – the last chapter to what has been this storybook run could be Montana State finally getting over the top against NDSU. So I know these two schools and these two programs have a ton of history. I mean, Montana State beat North Dakota State in the semifinals of that 76 playoff run before then winning the national championship. So what do you think of just the the matchup that is with the Bison awaiting Montana State in Frisco? Well, just for the record, and you know this, but uh, that I wasn't at that that playoff game in 1976 but that was obviously before the dome and I remember those guys coming home and talking about how cold it was talking to Paul Dennehy and Butch Damberger and all those guys that it was a cold windy you know blustery afternoon there in Fargo and excuse me and one of the one of the elements that that has been so prevalent for North Dakota State all these years is all those playoff games and Montana State has suffered through two of those out there in, you know, 1918 or 2018 and 19. And the one element now to get the Bison away from that dome and play them on a neutral field, I think that's going to make a difference. And uh, I think, the you know, Montana State, we've got to take an advantage of that and uh, get them on a neutral field, even though there's going to be a lot of uh, Bison fans in there, but there's going to be an equally amount of Bobcat fans at that stadium. But uh, I, I think there's some lore about uh, that Fargo Dome and, and how tough they are to beat there. No question about it. Montana State takes on North Dakota State, Frisco, Texas. Kickoff 10 a.m. Montana time, 11 a.m. local time from Toyota Stadium down there, uh, just about 20 miles outside of Dallas. And, Dan, we'll get you out of here on this because I know that you have given so much of your life to, to Montana State. I know it's meant a great deal to you, and I'm sure this is such a, a great way for you uh, to sort of end your career as, as, you, as, you, uh, as you stride into retirement. It's so awesome that you get to have one last trip with all the marbles on the table. But, I mean, to sum it up for us, this must be incredibly cool for you on a personal level that, that the last thing you get to participate in, the last broadcast you get to do, at least as a full-time guy there at Montana State, has – has to do with Montana State gunning for it all, going for a national championship. Yeah, I mean, Coulter, I, I pinch myself uh, every day here for the last six months when I was kind of making these plans. Obviously, you know, there's you have a hope and a dream that 
there's going to be another national championship. But until it gets here, I mean, it, it's just flown by on how um, this, these last two months or this whole football season for that matter. But I, I've been so blessed and fortunate to be around such obviously great players and great coaches and great administrators and student athletes, you know, that uh, uh, just just truly blessed. And uh, it, it's it's going to be real uh, interesting and mixed feelings that I'm not going to be going to the field house to unlock my office door because my keys, I'm not going to have my keys anymore, but, um, just, just truly remarkable, uh, group of organization that I've been uh, fortunate enough to be a part of. And, and, uh, again, and I, you know, I kind of consider myself kind of a quasi media guy and, and appreciate all the things that you guys do. Uh, and your job is not always easy and, uh, you have to ask the tough questions and, you know, you you can you can get those coaches to bristle once in a while because they they're a little bit uncomfortable. But to do your job, you've got to ask those questions and and uh, and try to get those answers from those coaches. So I appreciate everything you guys do uh, in your in your roles as well. A big big part of it, and and I'm so impressed, Coulter, for all the research that you do. I mean, I think I've been around on and know a lot of different things, but. You touch on a, a lot of uh, different human element stories or part of the story, and, and uh, I've really appreciated the work that you do. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. That means a ton to me, Dan, and uh, I've always had a lot of respect for you and, and your organization, everything you guys have done. I think you do it right, and uh, this is a great peak and a great and a great send-off for you. So I appreciate you. Congratulations on an outstanding career. We'll be so looking forward to seeing you down there in Texas and so looking forward to this football game. But in the meantime, Thanks for being with us here, and safe of travels on your way to Frisco. Thanks so much for being on Nuanas Now. All right. Thanks, Coulter. We'll see you down in Frisco. Keys of the game before the FCS National Championship. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you hungry? I'm always hungry. So then it should be no surprise that each and every day on my daily radio show, Nuanas Now, we're giving away great things for you to eat. Whether it's sandwiches from Tagliari Deli, wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, Seattle-style teriyaki from Dobie's, or the Iron Grizz Boil from the Iron Grizz American Bistro, tune into Nuanas Now from 4 to 6 p.m. every single day on 1029 ESPN Missoula for your chance to fill your belly. Gosh, I can't tell you how much math and how difficult it is to make these shows fit when you pre-record the whole thing, but it's like doing a puzzle, and it's super fun. Appreciate Andrew Houghton, our producer at ESPN Missoula, for helping with this, and I appreciate all you guys for listening to it. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio on my way to Frisco, Texas, to watch Montana State take on North Dakota State. We don't have any more time than that, but we appreciate all the engagements all week and all season long. We'll have a full recap on Monday, the Montana Football Hour, as well as the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Marty Morningweg. We'll see you Monday, 4 p.m. In the meantime, have an outstanding weekend and be safe. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
SportsBet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized SportsBet Montana location or by using the SportsBet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 